website. That's at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms. So there's never, ever an excuse to miss an episode of The War Room, the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast, The Broad Street Line, Superstars, uh, John Appetit, if you like to eat, On the Couch with the Wilsons, if you're into movies and TV, after further review with the mayor, and a whole lot more, man. So make sure you do that. All right, so before we do get right into these topics, we got to let you guys know that Hot Topics are brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. It's time, like we tell you every week, it's time for you to start making some money sports betting at my bookie. No use in you always picking games if it's not getting, you know, anything done for your pocket. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie and the NFL playoffs are here, it's the divisional round, it's time to place a bet. They announced some bread on all the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money. You get it fast. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game start. So join now. My Yo, that's cheating. You can straight up cheat. That's crazy. You can straight up cheat. That is. That is cheating. Because, look, first play of the game, if the best player in the game gets it, you know, tweak his ankle or something like that, yo, you got time to go ahead and make a change real quick. That's like hedging your bet. That's crazy. That is crazy. crazy. And what's even crazier is if you join now, my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So pretty much you can get the maximum $500 straight from the company. So visit uh, just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate that offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, so oh, real quick in, the, in, you know, NBA circle, man. I mean, I know you've always been a fan of the homie. I've always been a fan of the homie. Um, yet we've always been able to acknowledge, because it's what we do, we do, you know, objectivity, we've always been able to acknowledge his flaws and stuff like that. But now uh, we're hearing Frank Vogel reportedly has received authorization to bench Russell Westbrook. Now this is coming off the heels of um, a game that they had uh, earlier this week. Um, And... During the stretch run, I believe it was like the final three minutes and change, Vogel actually took Russell Westbrook out of the game. So this whole thing came up after the game in the questioning. Um, We found out that the Lakers pretty much told the coaching staff um, to coach Russell Westbrook pretty much as they see fit, which means if he has to come out of games in the clutch, if he's not going to start anymore, you know, period, that's the coach's decision. Now, we've been think, you know, we've been hearing for the past few weeks that Frank Vogel was kind of in the hot seat. He was kind of a lame duck coach. Um, this seems, if it's true, to be maybe like a, a last-ditch effort to see if it's him or – anything that the team may feel that they're forcing on him. But like you said, it, it comes at a price of disrespecting Russ. But disrespecting Russ is nothing new in NBA circles, especially fan circles, because once a narrative gets started, you know, people blindly follow, follow narratives sometimes. And like I said, as a fan of Russ, I'll be the first to tell you, all right, sometimes Russ is wild. He, you know, he's a little wild with things. 
But is this his fault that the Lakers are under 500 at no. this point and holding on to their playoff no. line? Is this his fault? No. No? No. Listen, listen. The reality is, listen, Linda, listen. No, the reality is they constructed that team like idiots. And as usual, the big guy is going to avoid blame and culpability in this. And whoever plays with them is the one are the ones that are going to be the scapegoats. Now, I say that while full well acknowledging that we are seeing like the ninth wonder of the world, one of the greatest phenomenons of all time, because your man has fought father time like no other human being perhaps ever has been able to fight father time. So I'm talking about LeBron, Raymond. Like, he, he's amazing. Even though he's not prime LeBron, like, he's still a top five player in the world to me, and that is effing amazing. That being said, that being said, the way right the now, team was I constructed. He's, I think he's father time stat LeBron, but if you actually watch the Lakers, it's not really mm-hmm. impactful as it once was. Mm-hmm. He's he going to get his not. numbers, but it's not impactful. Was, you know what I'm saying? I guess my I'm what I'm I'm pointing to in all of this is but the numbers whoever surrounds him is always going to be the scapegoat. Your man with the one unit with the one eyebrow, he's a kitty cat, so he just quits or takes time off to avoid so it's like, yeah, you can point at him being a batch cuz he has played terrible, <laughs> but he'll just remove himself from the situation so that Russ <laughs> takes all the heat. And Russ go out there like a rockhead and just ball and go hard one way. But the problem with that is that LeBron and Russ do the same thing. Now LeBron does a lot of those things better than Russ, but they and do more the same thing. There's yeah. no shooters. You're dependent on Wayne Ellington. PSP, Philly support, Philly salute. You've had an amazing career. You've gone way further than I thought you ever would. Proud of you, bro. But you ain't really ish at this stage of your career. Like, you needed real scoring shooters. Like, you needed shooters that could also score. I don't know. I know Dev understands what I'm saying. Some of our, mm-hmm. our newer listeners, like, there's, there's scorers who can shoot. There's shooters who can score. And then there's people who are just shooters. You're going to say, well, shooting is scoring. Yeah, but Ray Allen, which ass was a shooter, who could actually score. He could go left. He could go right at one point. He could get to the cup at will. You needed to surround Russ and LeBron with competent score. The Buddy Heald trade should have been done. Buddy Heald should have been on that team with but, them. But you know what, B? should have been you, one other team. surrounding Russ and LeBron. No, you should have never had to surround Russ because Russ shouldn't have been on the same team with LeBron ever in his career. Yeah. Like you said, they That's do. That's true. The same things, and when people true. are, you know, people are probably listening to this and, and not understanding. We're not saying Russ and LeBron are, you know, the same. We're not saying they're equal. Are equal. What we're saying is they both need the ball in their hands to be effective. LeBron can say whatever he wants. Anybody else can say whatever he wants. LeBron is and he always has been a point guard. He yes. controls the flow. He's the playmaker. He decides when what happens, and Russ has always been the same as well, even when he played with Kevin Durant. Now, having two players 
The thing is, if you were to move LeBron off of the ball, He's LeBron James. He will find a way to still be objective. However, nobody's going to ask LeBron to do that. So they move Russell Westbrook off the ball, which in doing so, you're pretty much rendering him almost useless at this point because that's just not, you know, his game. Like I'm seeing Russell stat lines of like nine points, two assists, like, he just can't get down like that. And I'm not saying, okay, you have to cater to Russ. I'm saying Russ doesn't need to be on this team. Because on if you have team, a yeah. max contract Russ who comes and you don't allow him to be himself, then what is the point of paying this man all this money? But this comes back to, you know, one of those things we always talk about. Uh, uh, B, instead of, you know, surrounding LeBron with the best type of role players, shooters, like you just said – you let LeBron do the you get a whole bunch of and stars. LeBron's always going to pick the biggest name that's available. You know biggest name, that old ninjas. Biggest, biggest name, name, old ninjas available. he can get. Right. And, and, and Russ was available at the time. And, you know, they took a flyer on him. Um, they seem to be regretful for it. And I'm not for a second saying that Russ is balling and, he's, you know, it's, a, it's unfair – because he's really playing well. No, he's not playing well. But at the same time, it's still he's not in a role. He's not in a role where to he try can to blame well. all of their troubles on him. Because first of all, the team is too old. Defensively, they're not getting it done, and and that goes for him too. But they're pointing that out because the the reason, quote unquote, that he was benched the other night, it wasn't just because of you know how wild he is down the stretch, the shots that he's taken. Um, and, and for some reason, like Russ, like in the last two, three years, like his shooting has fallen off of a cliff. I don't understand. Like Russ used to have the deadliest dribble mid-range pull-up in the game. Russ cannot shoot that. He cannot shoot. Of course, he can't. He's not much from the three-point line. He can't shoot a foul shot anymore. So I don't know why his shooting game is going backwards because as you get older, that's usually something that improves. Like that even even guys like us, like we go out on the court now after not playing for a while, your handle might not be what it once was because your hands aren't as quick. But the shooting seems to never go away. Like you, that's muscle memory right. right there. You know what I mean? But but I think it's unfair. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. All their troubles on, on Russell. On Ru- yeah, they blame they blaming him. Let me ask you a question, and and I'm probably I probably should have never the been there in the first place. Nah, you shouldn't have. I, I, I probably know this answer, but do you feel like inserting Mel, – because Melo, to your point, as you get older, position where you're an NBA player where you can continue to focus on shooting, he's actually probably – his shot is probably at the best it's ever been. His shot. His game is not right. up there, yeah. yeah. but his shot. Yeah, Could I mean, you well – put him in for floor, for floor spacing but, but, but or you know what that is, is he though? inconsistent? That's because – that's because Melo's a gym rat. Melo knows his mm-hmm. place in the game. Melo knows who yes. he's playing with. So Melo spent the whole summer spotting his ass up. Just shooting. Because he shooting knows threes. Any, any, any minute mm-hmm. he's going to scrape up this season is going to be spotting his ass up and shooting. Um, that's a question because we're thinking about it just from an offensive standpoint. But I then, know, you know defensively, I what know that does Melo right? What does that do to a team that's already lacking defensively? 
if you insert Melo for mm-hmm. even more minutes just to shoot, what are they going to give up on the other end? LeBron's not guarding anybody right now. Russ, by all accounts, Russ ain't guarding, guarding like he could. And then you put Melo in, uh, and Melo ain't never guarded anybody. To begin. <laughs> right, Melo never was interested in, in guarding anybody. So, it, I don't know, man. It's it's just a situation. But this is the situation you put yourself in when you allow your best player to be your GM. But LeBron doesn't go anywhere without that talent. So, you you take that chance. You take that risk because, you know, he's bigger than the game. He's going to make so much more money for your franchise. And you have a chance to win championships which, you know, they pulled off in the bubble. But you're kind of selling your soul to the devil in the, in the process because the power is on his. And, and LeBron has taken the power um, where he's gone. So this, and so then this when he doesn't win anymore, he just up and leaves. And then you left, he just you know, rolls. ass out. He just rolls out so. and leaves a huge vacuum that sinks your entire ship. Um, where should Russell? Where should Russ go, man? I need Russ to end his career on a high note as an all-star, doing what he does. And athletically, athletically, the only thing that that I see that he's losing is a little bit of lateral quickness defensively, mm-hmm. because offensively, ain't no difference between him now and him a decade ago. Like uh, I said, don't that like don't the he, other night. His shooting is worse. That's, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that was yeah, a message true. though Because people were saying like His athleticism was falling off a little bit and, You know when he struggles That's the first thing people are going to point to They're going to be like well Russell Westbrook Without athleticism is useless There's so, nobody yeah, He had to at least, <laughs> had to nobody. least show you that Oh I still got something in the then bank he, he went to the, he went to the rack And gave us the, the best Eiffel dunk Tower. of the year Yeah pretty much Pretty much I mean, of course, like we always say, we'll see how this situation ends up playing out. But, yeah, you can bench Russ all you want. I just don't think it's going to do anything for this team. I don't think this team will get back on any type of run towards the playoffs until yeah. Anthony Davis comes back healthy and wanting to to play, Why? being hungry. If he come back healthy, he's still going to play like a bitch. <laughs> um, I, if they bench Russ, I hope the Lakers never win for the rest of – eternity and i don't even support russ the way that i would because he's a cross dresser but bull plays so hard on the court he just everything he's about on the court to me i just i just love and respect even though he can't shoot like he just he goes so hard and gives so much of himself to the game that's this is like you said like you're you you made the greatest point in all of this he never should have been there to begin with. Never should have been there. <laughs> Scott said, uh, Scott is in the chat room. He said, not being funny, but as soon as he got married, his shooting percentage went down. Hey, man, it might be something to that. <laughs> we, all, with him we, all fall off. we all fall off a little bit once we make that move. Yo, so it's hard. Man. Like, once you have a young lady in your life that you're loving, like, sometimes when you go to the gym, your legs aren't there to uh, uh-huh. get the shot. That's the reason why, so. So I heard not, not on game days, baby. Not on game days. All right, so our quote of the week, man, this comes from NBA as well. I'm feeling like LeBron lately. I told the guys be careful with how they talk to me with the trade deadline coming up. That's from your man Kang Kuz, Kyle Kuzma of the Washington Wizards. 
Um, it was a funny little quip. You know, we get on Kyle a lot for, you know, looking like a 6'9 woman and uh, the way he played in L.A. But this is coming from him being a little lighthearted about the little run that he's on right now. He's been playing great for the past uh, few weeks. The Wizards are trying to climb back up into the standings. Remember, they started the season great fell off like I think we all expected them to do, and now they're trying to make mm-hmm. a little climb to at least keep themselves in the middle of that pack. Um, he's been playing pretty well. Um, but I, mean? I, I think at the same time he was taking a little dig at LeBron while being funny about how well he's playing. So it was clever. It of was course. clever. Because, you know, he um, had to be one of those guys when he played with LeBron. He, you got to be one of these guys. The de- you got to yeah. kiss LeBron's ass around the trade deadline to make sure you're still here tomorrow. So, stay, on a, stay on the roster. He's, Shout out to Kuz for being he is, uh, clever. He's not, he's, a heavy, he's not heavy DYB, but he's like one of the DYB lights. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, <laughs> I'd be a liar if I didn't say that there are things about his game and even his personality and interaction that I don't support and kind of like. I don't like his dress code. I don't like the fact that he wears women's clothing. Um, but it, what what do you see? Where do you see the ceiling of his game? Because I, I feel like he could be a consistent all-star. There was times when I compared him to uh, uh, light-skinned Mamba, I don't, I don't, I don't think he has that in his game. I, I don't think he's eh, level. But I don't but think I, he'll I ever be. I, I personally don't think he'll ever be an all star. But in saying that, he has the potential, especially playing in the East, to maybe eke in the one, you know, at some point. But he's way inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? Like, some, yeah, he'll true. play like he's playing on this tear for the last few weeks. And then he'll turn into that bonehead that you're like, oh, what is he doing? Disappear like, for is, 10 games. But it's not yeah. even a disappearance because he's always loud in his boneheadedness. When he does something stupid, when he's playing terribly, he's playing dumb. Like, he's always real loud with that. So you, you always know that he's there whether he's playing well or not, because he's one of those, I'm trying to think of somebody, <laughs> you know, somebody who, who could be, who's good at times, but boneheads at other times. I, I, I want to say J.R. Smith, but I don't want to disrespect J.R. like that. No. Nah. Like his bonehead is more doing stuff on purpose because he had that kind of arrogance about him. It's not the same with Kuz. Sometimes Kuz just – just a bonehead, man. Jr. Jr. held himself out of an out of an All Star level career because of he held himself. I don't think I, I was asking you if if Kuzma even has it in him. Like I, I kind of see Rudy Gay a little bit in in his game. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know um, why we are we. we yeah, I about to say we ain't gonna spend too much time on this, but you see Rudy Gay, yeah, I see, I see, I see a step above. Um, what's the ball name? Used to play for the Wizards. Um, play for the Warriors now. Uh, Otto Porter. It's like no, Otto Porter. 
No. I step above Otto Porter. Otto Porter's not no. terrible when he's healthy and he's playing. But remember, he got that no. big contract and then was never available for the team. And now he's kind of become just like a spot-up shooter. I'm saying Kuzma's no. He's better than him. I'm not saying he's he's better than Otto Porter, hands down, no doubt about it. But I think he's a you know a step or two up from Otto Porter. I don't think he's Otto a, Porter. A Rudy Gay is not better Rudy than Gay anybody somebody, on this podcast. He just talked. Rudy Gay is somebody that you can lean on. Well, back and you could you can lean on Rudy to kind of carry your team offensively. I don't think you can lean mm-hmm. on Kuz for that. But as a co-star, he's always going to give you something. And as a co-star with people who respect him more. Like, you, he couldn't – it was hard for him to co-star with LeBron. It was hard for anybody that young to co-star with LeBron. He was supposed to be that third piece even when they won the championship. But, you know, he ended up being a bench piece um, for that championship. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of that, his boneheadedness showed. But that's a young player trying to make a mark on – a veteran championship level team. He's going to do stuff in his learning process, his growing pains that they're not going to like. And it's going to look real silly to us because you're playing with a bunch of polished stars. But yeah, not, not, not to go, not to go okay. backwards, but like there's, there's Ira Newble, there's Jared Jeffries and there's their <laughs> little cousin Otto Porter. Like he's, he's down with like them type dudes. Nah. Otto I've Porter never... is terrible. Come on, man! I've I've never seen I've never seen Aaron Newell get a bucket in the league. <laughs> I've never seen Aaron Newell get a bucket. At least Otto Porter yeah, gets buckets, never, man, when he's out there. I've he never seen Jared Jeffries do anything. I, Jared Jeffries, I just hate man, corny. All right, so um, <laughs> uh, our stat of the week, man. Um, shoot, we got three stats of the week. Our first stat is. Is kind of a, a shout out, man. We want to give a shout out to uh, Coolidge High in Washington, Washington D.C. Uh, one of their basketball players, Stephon Walker, he became the first player in school history to score 1,000 points and grab 1,000 rebounds in his career. So um, I'm going to give a shout out to him for for cracking that mark earlier this week. Mm. Uh, keep on balling, young boy, from the war room. Shout out. All right, so our, our second stat of the week, man, your man, Joel MVB, his stat line Wednesday mm. night against Orlando Magic, 50 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, one steal, three blocks. He shot 17 of of 23 from the field. That's 74%. And you know, you know, he's a jump shooter. He's a fadeaway. He's a pull-up shooter. He's a three-point shooter. Um, he also shot 15 of 17 from the line. Craziest part of all this is he did all of this in 27 minutes of action. Had to. Had to. Had if t- it would have went into the 30s, he'd have been tired. <laughs> he had 20 in the first quarter alone, so I kind of knew as I was watching, yeah, this is going to be one of them nights for the, for the dude. Crazy part, I bring this up in this stat line um, since December, around Christmas or something like that, Joel Embiid has been averaging, you know, over 31 points per game um, and has pulled a Sixers team by all measures, you know, with the roster that they're out there balling with because, you know, 
Ben Simmons is acting the way he is. This is a roster that a lot of people really thinks, you know, it's not good enough to be in contention. He's kind of single-handedly dragged this team into contention. They're like fifth in the East right now. Probably have, you know, the potential to keep climbing. Um, Trade deadline coming up, so we'll see if some reinforcements get called in somehow. But the crazy part about this, when I hear people talk, when I hear pundits talk, on television and stuff like this, like his name doesn't even come up in MVP conversation. Like I'm watching, I caught something the other day. I was watching Zeke and Candace Parker talk. And, you know, they're talking about the MVP race. They named a couple of people. And then they said, Zeke said right now, um, says Chris Paul is the MVP. And, you know, I call bull crap on that just like I did last season. Um, Candace Parker said it's Joker again because he's having an even better season than last season. I think Embiid is having a better season than last season. And Embiid would have been the hands-down MVP last season had he played more games. This season, so far, he hasn't even been missing games like that. He's playing back-to-backs. He's, you know, he looks to be in the best shape um, in his career. So I'm not homering out on this. You know, saying only, he only, way, only way they take him serious. I think, I think it would be more difficult to win it this year because so many other people have come back to form. You had Kevin Durant before. You know, he's gonna miss the stint of games. He's gonna miss. Um, he's balling. Steph is balling. Of course, you know you got the joke again. You always quietly have the Greek freak, and you know whoever whoever else you want to name. This is. Uh, probably a more difficult field than even last year, but he's playing better as well, and I'm just wondering why. Not saying he's hands down, should win it. Not even saying I would pick him right now, but why is his name not even coming up? This dude is balling this season. Um, There's a narrative. There's a narrative around him, um, and I know this is a narrative around, around uh, Greek Freak a little bit. And some of that is his undoing, um, but he's perceived as being more of a stat stuffer um, than a guy that makes plays in signature moments. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think that's the perception. He's also not really a group think type of guy mm-hmm. um, certainly speaks his mind um, poignantly Damn. intelligent yeah. and sarcastic he'll be cold out there huh? <laughs> he'll be cold off and out there he'll, yeah and, and we live in cold off culture where cold off is, is saluted and you know they don't mind the if there's a little right. yeah the whole league they don't mind a little bit of, of sperm in, in your stomach like they, they think that's alright <laughs> Um, and he's not necessarily one of those guys, which is why he admires he admires and salutes Jimmy Butler kind of as his young old head his young because old head. they kind of just say what they they just say what's on their mind. Like if you a bench, they gonna say, "Oh, you playing like a bench?" Like stuff. So come on, you, man. Speaking of speaking of who he admires, did you see the tweet and video that his trainer put out this week? Um, the cat, I have to send you this. The caption says something like, 
um, ah, it says something about when you striving to be a legend, something like that. I, I, I'll find it while we're on the air, but it was a video of this dude. You know how they do those videos where they kind of transpose Kobe doing moves, looking just like Mike? Well, yeah. they added Joel and B to the mix, so it's all three of them, Joel, Kobe, mm. and Mike, doing the same moves. And this dude, damn near 7'2", 280 pounds, and that's probably just what they list them at, is out here doing the same moves as these two legends who, you know, you and I have always thought of as father and son. Uh, they yeah. were so much alike. I got to send you this video. Video. It's impressive, man. It's Yo, impressive. He, We've he, never he has seen amazing, a big dude Amazing, amazing as much, skill. As much as we love Hakeem and the footwork that he does, it's still his footwork big man. is usually featured yeah, in big man situations. You know what I'm saying? If you if you get what I'm saying yeah. with that. Of course, you know, yep. he could come I'm... out, spot up, cross you over, do do whatever he needs to do, but it's it's a little different. But you know, you, you always get this later down the line because you have people like Joel who watches Hakeem, but then took his his you know, inspirations a little smaller. Watch Kobe, watch Jordan. So if you're out there practicing all three of those, you know, you're making yourself into a mold of all three of those dudes at the same time at his size. Ooh. It's impressive. Man. I'm going to text you that, that video of something you can yeah, watch. Yeah, I need, I need, to, I need to see that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan, but my issue is, is going to be with that and to a much, 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 much lesser degree. I'm going to look at Zion, right? There's a chance Zion will never, ever reach his pinnacle or his potential pinnacle because you just can't do those things at his weight on his on his his ligaments and his joints consistently year in year out that's what i would say about joel Embiid. is he going to be uh zion obviously not like i i think he will have a long lasting good career but i think the nagging little injuries because your body at his size isn't meant mechanically to move that way. So if he comes out on the floor and tries to do too much guard play, it, it, it's so much torsion on the ligaments, tendons, and joints, you have to wonder, is he able to sustain that and stay healthy? And then from there, as he has these little nagging and, and, and nicks and injuries, I think what I'm interpreting, this is, this is all speculation, I don't think that the bull is bench when it comes to his conditioning. I think he's never healthy enough to fully attack his yeah. conditioning and, the way he wants to attack it right. and the way he's willing to because he's never healthy enough to do it. Right. Because if you, you so always got he, something hurting, you can't be on yeah. it all the time. So I, I so always thought comes that out too. There, I think he's a victim of his own his own circumstance. He's a, like people he's a victim of his own. the narrative – that he's lazy and he's out of shape and this kind of stuff. No, nah, I don't think that. Like you said, I think he's a victim Yo, of his he own put, He bounced each one of his testicles off of the uh, <laughs> center from um, Houston. Who's the, the African bull from Capella. Houston that's smiling and dunk a lot, but not really good? Huh? Capella, who get paid too much. Capella. Yo, he Capella. was dribbling testicles off of Capella's head for three quarters. For two <laughs> and three quarters of another quarter. 
And then mm-hmm. he just got tired, and Capella was like, all right, man, whoo, let me come out the foxhole. Let me just, you know, get my little run at the rim and score my little 10 or 12 points, get my little 10 or 12 you, points. You also remember that's the game when it seemed like him and sous chef um, Seth Curry were the only ones who were balling. So it's like, man, if these other high-paid dudes not getting it in, yo, like, I got to expend all my energy. Good. Well, he should be able to take good rest. Why Seth so nice, yo, with no talent? Why Seth that nice with no talent? I don't know. But I I found a tweet. His trainer, um, fame trainer, Drew Hanlon, he tweeted it. He said, study the legends and you may become one. And then when you push play, you're going to be real impressed with what you see. Then after the game, um, when he was – because that came out during the day yesterday. But after the game, you know, he he compared himself – to some greats telling you like how versatile he is. He basically said, yo, I'm able to be Shaq. Yo, ain't short on confidence either. Oh, no, no. He, 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 said, he said, I'm able to be Shaq, and whenever I want, I'm also able to be Dirk or Kobe or MJ or any dog. <laughs> I was okay tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to the big man, man. He, he going to climb into that I, race. I, I like, he gonna make, he's going to make people say his name. In his MVP race, yo. But the thing, the thing with him, I'm scared for him for the reasons I just recounted. I, I, I hope I'm hopeful he stay. Listen, the only thing you can really hope for with him is that the Sixers, as an organization and a team, get into a situation where it's a meaningful, it's a meaningful series, it's meaningful games, and he just he just lets the world know. I like right. the cloth that he's cut from. I like the cloth that the Greek freak is cut from. I like the cloth Jimmy's cut from. I, I, I like I like I like them dudes, man. Uh, I, I just think that his size and the torsion on those joints, ligaments and tendons is gonna be it, it's gonna provide a challenge for him. But I, I like him, man. I wow. Do. That's I why like they him. need to do something now. So they don't waste his prime because his prime might not be that damn long. Yo, you seen the kind of stuff he trying to do? You see what he did to Aiton? You see what he did to Aiton too? They was talking all that. Oh man, Aiton is man. He treated him like a little boy. Like Aiton was, he was like Tim Duncan two point oh. What are y'all talking about? Yo, he's little boy. We got one more, one more stat of the week, man. Your man Tom Brady, old ass, is older than every opposing NFC head coach left in the playoffs. So Tom Brady's 44 years old. Sean McVay from the Rams is 35. Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers is 42. Matt LaFleur from the Green Bay Packers is 42 years old. So shout out to Tom Brady out here quarterbacking while all these young boys Yo. head coaching <laughs> from the sideline. All right, so speaking of the NFL, man, the, the, the like I said in the intro, the super wild card weekend wasn't really that super – uh, a couple teams got hammer timed. Our Philadelphia Eagles got hammer timed. Um, like I said, nothing we didn't expect. Like I, I thought, and I, you know, I still would say that after the fact, Tampa Bay was the Eagles' best matchup. So if we went out there and couldn't do anything with them, it was probably going to be worse if we played any of these other teams that are. They got a quarterback that can throw the ball. Even even some of them that are out of the playoffs, like. I, even though they lost, I think Dallas would have did us worse than, than Tampa Bay did. Um, and I couldn't have taken speaking, that. 
Speaking of Dallas, man, we have to, we'd be remiss if we didn't um, at least give two minutes to the end of the Dallas-San Francisco game because that was some of the most Dumbest thing I've ever seen. Football, you keep saying thing, dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. San Francisco tried very, very, very hard to give the game away because when they were in a situation in Dallas territory to basically saw away the game, all they needed was a first down. This is a team that mashes for a living. This is a team that still trots mm-hmm. out a damn fullback and actually gives him the ball sometimes. This mm-hmm. is a team that had their second fourth and inches situation of the of the game. I think they, they they boneheaded the first one away too, but the second one where they could have put the game away and not even had a scare at the end of it, I don't understand why you don't go out there as a mashing team and just line up and mash. Yet – they put a tackle in motion, and before they snapped the ball, that tackle wasn't set. So they got a penalty and ultimately had to punt back to Dallas. You know, B. Austin going to say whatever he's going to say, but we that's a deadly offense. You're not really trying to give them the ball back when you didn't have to because you didn't just get down, snap the ball, and mash forward. But you wanted to be trick, you know. You wanted to be soft and do tricks and put a t- tackle in motion I, I to think, try to throw think, something off. Just mash. I think that was. Uh, if I they would have lost that game, a, they would deserve. They would have deserved. They would have. Yeah. I, so, so I'm, let me let me let's talk about it. Shanahan. Uh, and then, then we'll go to Shanahan, the other side. I think Shanahan. Oh, you know, I got a million bars for them, but I think Shanahan is in his own way a part of the DYDs. I think he's he's sharp. I think he's smart. I think he, he has wonderful play design. I think he understands his personality. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I think he understands his personnel. personnel What's wrong with yeah. me? I think, he, I think he has a lot going for him. But deep down inside, I think he still has a little bit of immaturity and still has a need to show the world how great of a coach he is, play design, and move. And every now and again, he will out-coach himself. himself. And that was an hey, example of him you know out-coaching what? himself. If you notice, though, Shanahan out-coaching Shanahan always comes in the fourth late quarter. in the game. Right, late in the game. You know, <laughs> there's a some, few some big ones it, that he could have won is, some of it where is, he just changed things up. He's like, Why, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing it? Some of that now, I'm not saying previously, but now some of that is he feels like he has to do more because he has Jimmy Gaff as his quarterback because Jimmy will gaff it up. And yeah. But in that situation, he don't trust, in that situation even him. if you're not going to turn around and hand it off, Jimmy would have leaned forward and got you some inches. That, that line was not going to allow them to stop them in that situation. Um, but he, no, absolutely, absolutely. Jimmy would have got him some inches, but I, I, I feel like he outcoaches himself. That's He's like, that's, even that's if it, it's almost like Andy, if running the ball is working, Shanahan is willing to do that ninety percent because of who his daddy is and because of how he designed that team. But there's a small portion of him that's like, damn, running the ball is working. But, but it's, it's not fun. sexy. I gotta do something right. sexy. And, and I, I think it's a lot of coaches sexy. like that. 
in the NFL. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I gotta do I, something. I mean, look at Sirianni. I mean, I don't, I don't think he knew in the first six weeks that his running attack would be what it ended up being. But you knew from jump you had talent. You knew from jump you had one of the better offensive lines in the league. So to not try it and then trot this boy out here who can't throw and try to throw the ball third mm-hmm. times in the game, that was just bad coaching. Luckily, he wasn't too proud to adapt. That's why there's a lot of people who, who keep like going in on the, the – some people go in on the quarterback and the coach. Some people go in just the quarterback. And some people are just going in just on the coach in the Philly situation. I, I don't know. I'm like, first of all, I think you went the gun with the coach in the first place because when y'all were talking about, oh, he, he, you know, he's a buzz, he's, he's stupid, he don't know football. All right, we were four or five games into the season. You didn't even see if he was going to yeah. adapt. You didn't know last, he, last if he was going to pull Chip eight, Kelly or not. Chip last Kelly is like weeks, my way or the highway. Weeks. I don't care mm-hmm. what you said. Or the highway. Yeah, yeah. Last eight weeks of our season, I would give Sirianni an A minus, particularly offensively, but even defense. I give him an A. I give him an A minus because he understood the limitations of the athlete that he had lined up at quarterback. Um, not necessarily the quarterback, but the athlete he had there. And so we ran the ball because we knew that's what we could do. So I get, I give him, I give him an A for the, for adapting. And, see, um, and then people, somebody told me earlier, like, well, and then in the playoffs he went back to what he was doing in the first past. few weeks. But I don't, but I didn't see it that way. I think he did it because no. he was forced to do it. They loaded up the yeah. box and dared the Eagles to throw. Yeah. The fact that your quarterback couldn't do it. If if, I mean, if, if, if you, you have you got to take and, and what the defense to your, is giving you. Yeah, to your your to man, your, point your man, about Lil that, was open all game. Yo, he was he got was open. Too. Listen, all game. Listen, <laughs> if 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 you're gonna put twelve and thirteen men in the box and your QB can't beat it, sixteen. Yo, it, yo, did you send me, you sent me a meme on the play on that double move where the the Bucks ball fell down? And it took my man's brain three seconds nice. to process it. Yo, mm-hmm. if he had a, if he had Joe Burrow as his quarterback, I think Skeletor would have went for thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred. I do. And on that, on nice. that particular play, he catches that over the shoulder instead of having catches to run back to the pylon and try to fight a defensive back for it. Um, and then by that time, it was picked off. All right, we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute because I got a question to ask you about that. But back to the Cowboys game. So after the 49ers punt, Dak is ass. Cowboys are marching down the field. And, you know, if you're an NFC East rival or if you're just a Cowboy hater in general or if it's like you don't really give a damn about the team but their fans get on your nerves, like mm-hmm. you're nervous at this point because they're marching and they're mm-hmm. making it look very easy. 14 mm-hmm. seconds left in the game with no timeouts. They decided to do a quarterback draw out of the shotgun. The quarterback gets a good 17 yards off of it, slides. They try to get back to the line. Remember, the referee has to spot the ball. You can't just go to the line and snap the ball. Mm-hmm. So the referee, who probably doesn't expect anybody to run a goddamn quarterback draw in this situation has to run and catch mm-hmm. up to the play. 
he bowls over the line to get to the ball to help them. Like, he's putting his body in, in danger. And, of course, Cowboy fans are, oh, the ref did, the ref that. Yo, the ref put his body in danger to help y'all try to get a playoff. They never got another playoff. Like, who's coaching these teams, man? It's like Barnum and Bailey out here. You go from the Shanahan gas. And I know you beat because you went in on Dak and you put it all on Dak. He did not make that call himself. Now, as a uh, I'm, I'm gonna come to that. I got, I got bars. Well, I got a retort for that. But go you ahead. ran that shit. <laughs> you you yeah. ran that. Yeah, yeah you right. look at look at Dev. He covered, he covered on that one because he know. No, no, a, no it's yo, not a cover because it's me, what I think as if well. You pay but, me, but even though he ran that, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't go in on him as hard as you did because somebody from the sideline who gets paid a lot of money to do yo, this yo, called that play. Yo, Dev. And when if have you, you known us to, you know, to have free reign like that anyway? You, you know how it is with the If you pay me $75 million in one year to play quarterback, if I even hear, if I think you call something like that, I'm going to turn to the sideline, I'm going to raise my middle finger, I'm going to take both my hands, put them on my nuts, and give you the, the sign and I'm going to call whatever effing play that I want. And then, you, and then you fade back, and you throw an interception, and everything gets blamed on you anyway. So, it, well, it, it, either the way, it's going to get blamed on me. I make $75 million. <laughs> it's going to get blamed on me either way. I'm, look at me. I'm blaming him for, I'm blaming him for running the rock hey, in that situation. That call still came from the sideline. Mr. Mr. No, no, no. Listen, should, I think Mr. I he think, should get a bunch of I, interviews because he's a genius. Kellen Moore called that play, I ran think, it by – Mr. McCarthy, and they said, let's do it. I guess they I think, think Mike McCarthy you know, is, is way worse of a coach than, than you and I are. Like, I think Mike McCarthy is an idiot. I think Kellen Moore is part he's of the DYP. from the people that he his def- quarterbacks that have played for him in his, in his tenure. He definitely Rogers. Yo, he Yo, the quarterbacks that he had, Fabulous. he didn't have to do anything. <laughs> Listen, and, and, and to, my, to my point, if, if McCarthy calls that play, to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron will call timeout, walk over to the sideline, smack McCarthy in his face, well, and then go back out there and have run whatever. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And run, but he has still done it and run whatever play that he wanted to run. There's no way. I'm, what? A draw. Dick hit him throwing but the this, ball. But you know what this zone, is, so though? This is another. This is another. This is another situation, just like you said with Shanahan, where coaches out coach themselves because you know what the draw you know what the point of it was we're going to catch them off guard catch them and they did catch them off guard which is why he got 17 yards but it Mm -hmm. backfired on you because you would have rather him got 14 yards instead of 17 and still had two more seconds to clock the ball and get your last ditch hail mary chance but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it worked out the way a lot of people wanted to see it work out. Now, real quick, because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, this is when we go to the Dallas Cowboys fans, because this is this is the part that I don't like, because, you know, this is when they, they take to social media and talk about how, oh, everybody hates us. They pray for our downfall. They haters. They this and that. Okay, let's skip the whole season, which is a cycle. Let's skip the whole season where y'all talking heavy to everybody who will listen. We them boys. We this. We going to the Super Bowl. We them boys. We them boys. Talking heavy every chance they got. Like it's 
like they talk so cocky, like the five championships they won were like somewhere in the past ten years. Like half of these people weren't allowed mm-hmm. to stay up and watch TV, watch the Super Bowl all the way through when these dudes were winning Super Bowls, but they talk so heavy like they were Patriots fans or Chiefs fans right now or something like that. But then when this happens to them, which is inevitable every single year, if you make the playoffs, period, you're going out early, you're choking, you're choking at home, only team to lose at home this weekend, but then they take the social media with the, Oh, they're all haters, this and that, this and that. It's like, why be? Why be? Why do they skip the whole heavy talk that they've done for 18 weeks in the season? And when they choke, like their team always does because their, fan is, their fans are the picture of insanity, this is the first place they go to. Oh, y'all hating, y'all, this and that. Now, maybe y'all just dumb. <laughs> Maybe y'all keep falling for the same thing from your team. And, like, people can say to me what they want because y'all don't ever hear me bragging or talking heavy or talking trash about my team. <laughs> Yo. So you can't even put Yo. me in the Because that's what they'll do. You'll even, say something even, like, oh, we beat your team. I expected you to. Eat, and if you listen I to my show, you I, said, I hope you hope hope would. That's bad. New one again. Right. Yo, so why do they do this? Why do they and, skip everything and, they do? Even 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 worse, take. even worse than even worse than that, even worse. And this was led by their organization that they root for. They literally blame the refs. Right. They literally blame the refs. And one of the things that you you may have you know failed to mention, the Dallas Cowboys are the most penalized and undisciplined team historically throughout this season. Period. They have more penalties than any other team in the National Football League. Another, more penalties. Speaking of, B, another adjustment from Sirianni and the Eagles that Eagles fans don't give him enough credit for because they were on a record mm-hmm. pace early in the season for penalty. They were going to break the Raiders record. And mm-hmm. they disappeared out of that whole mix. And people are Good. still that's when it was happening. But, oh, fan, but, but, but to be this, honest, this, this the casual dude, the casual so when it when it gets the casual fans the casual fan doesn't recognize stuff like that. They right, they don't they're gets, not. Uh, but they recognize it when it's happening. But when it gets remedied, you don't yes. like nobody likes to go back and say, okay, somebody improved. Like once you make a judgment about somebody, it goes yeah. from, you know, it goes from being analytical to just wanting to be right. So people, oh, right. this dude doesn't right. know what he's doing. So that's going to be his M.O. For as long as he's there, he don't know what he's doing. But you're not going to give him credit for the turnaround of the season. You're not going to give him credit for adapting with the running game. You're not going to give him credit for the penalties dissipating after you said it's, it's, that's discipline, that's coaching. That's how people are, man. Mm-hmm. People just want to be right. All right, so I know I know you got to get up out of here soon. So let me, let's finish what we got to do. And, you know, whenever you got to roll, I'll take the calls after that, as a matter of fact. All right, so that was a weird ending to that game, man, on both sides. Um, Jalen Hurts, we talked about his performance in the game, which was terrible. Uh, There was an announcement, sort of an announcement yesterday. It was more like a vote of confidence. The Eagles said that they expect, this is their language, they expect Jalen Hurts to be their starter next year. 
I read that as, okay, we have to give him a vote of confidence, you know, just in case what we're about to do backfires. And what we're about to do, we're about to call Houston heavy. We're about to call Seattle heavy. We're about to call Green Bay heavy to see if we can get something done in the offseason with their quarterbacks. If it doesn't work, then we got to act like we had confidence in this young boy the whole time, and we got to find a way to make him better. Is that how you read that as well? Because there's no uh, way they're just going to sit back, stand pat, and allow this dude to come in. And I, I <laughs> hope that's how – I hope that's how – never mind how I read it. I hope that's how it's written. <laughs> I, I, I can't possibly believe that someone who knows football – and I think we know football, but I mean somebody who gets paid – to know football doesn't see the same flaws and deficiencies in him that we see. And, 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 and for as much shite as I talk about his arm strength, that ain't even a big deal because mm-hmm. Not Joe Montana, uh, uh, Drew Brees, and Chad Pennington were all two all-time greats and one very good quarterback that couldn't throw further than 20 yards. Yeah, but but but, but hyperbole. making that comparison, making that comparison, you remember their best receivers were always big possession receivers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Eagles got all this speed true. on the edges, and we can't use it. <laughs> so there's no way they yeah, could, we there's no way they could be like, well, we could coach him up. And think about cats like, you know, he could be like a Drew Brees, like a Joe Montana, like a this. They cannot possibly be thinking that because, yo, we didn't spent all this draft stock on all these little speedy dudes. They ain't possession receivers. Yeah. But we can't get off like that. So it's, it's a little disconnect there yeah. with the personnel. It's a little disconnect. I feel you because that's the truth. Like if you're good, your arm strength is going to matter the least. But when you the construct league, the league, team, like it, it's going to be, it's going to be your accuracy. It's first of all, it's going to be your IQ, and I think he's dumb. I do. I, I not, you know, not. I, I just don't think. I don't see the the football IQ. Um, I don't think he's accurate. I don't think he has touch. Um, and he can't anticipate. Because he doesn't have the first two things, Yo, the second and quick. the third thing we talked about, which were he's not also accurate. criticisms when he was in Alabama. In in Yo, college, real quick yeah, though, he's, no, Jim, what up? Yo, Yo, Jimmy Kornheiser's in the building. Yo, real quick though, um, when, <laughs> to me, when I, when I watch the ball play though, it, it seems to me like yo, he just doesn't trust. I don't know whether it's the system himself, because. I don't think he's dumb. No, he don't he's trust himself. Like, he know he a bum. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, though. Like, hold on, though. It's like he'll make the right pass to the right person, but it's like, yo, you you ten seconds late, and ten seconds in the NFL is eternity. Like he's always behind. Like no, no, like, no, don't even use, don't even use. But you know why, though, Jim? It's he, like he it's like a, a lot of plays. Remember we talked about real early in the season. Something I noticed. When he scrambles, even when he's extending a play and he's still going to throw, he drops his head he's when he runs. So when person. he picks his head up, he has to relocate. You don't know what he's seeing. He has to relocate where everybody is because once well, he starts running, 
all routes are off. Everybody's breaking off a route. So now you got to find people because you put your head down. Like that, like Jimmy said, that split second, these are some fast dudes out here. You put your head down. Yeah, man. You pick it back up. They in a whole different part of the field. Because like, it, it, it's, it's funny because you'll, you'll <laughs> see the progression of a, a quarterback, right? Like I was, I was peeping Joe Burrow um, play this week, and it's a difference in him nice. now versus when he first started playing because now it's like, he either he knows his playbook like the back of his head, but he trusts his receivers like the ball's out before they he change. He gets the ball out quicker. Plus, he don't want to need it. He don't want But yeah. to, to be fair, to be fair, B, he don't want his knee to get destroyed again. <laughs> so, Yo, but hold on. So he got Yo, be with Jalen Hurts, like they'll turn, they'll sit there for ten seconds, and then he throws they'll the ball. Stand like, Yo, there. Why are you so late? Right. So for cats that were open, now the defensive back is on their back. They'll look at their watches before the ball comes out. He can't even throw off, off. He can't throw on a break where the where the receiver is going. He has to, to wait lead, for the receiver to, to get there to throw the ball. Yeah, and you know what? You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of McNabb. McNabb was like that, too. Of like, course it does. Was of course. <laughs> That's, That's why I'm so mad because it reminds me of McNabb. Hey, but, the, but you know what's even crazier, though? The rare occasion that he does throw it to somebody on the move, they drop it, probably because they're so damn surprised. Yeah, yo, like, and that, yo, that's the weird part. When, when he ends up making you remember, a good throw, they do not help him, yo. Right. When he makes a good throw, like your man Goddard, who has crazy hands, becomes Butterfingers. Because he's probably shocked, like, oh, snap. They wasn't expecting to get the ball. But you can't get a pass for that. Like, yo, you got to help the young boy out. If he's not making good throws all game, when he makes a good throw, you got to make the catch. And Jim, I, I don't know. You know it's the a weird dynamic, between Hertz and McNabb, at, at Hertz's age, McNabb could throw a football through a brick wall. Like, he could throw the ball so hard and so far that wow. he could yeah. beat cornerbacks with his arm, even though he was yeah. dumb, didn't, couldn't anticipate, and had no touch. This bull's arm is like a noodle, and he got the same problem. Yo, how McNabb you gonna, how would, you throw, have a McNabb would throw what was supposed to be a dump off to the running back out of the backfield at 70 miles an hour. Put that shit on the sideline. <laughs> and then get mad at them. Yo, yo, like, yo you're not supposed though, to be able to catch a 70-mile-an-hour ball three three feet in front of you. You're not supposed to be able to do that. I don't care what kind of gloves you got on. Yo, but we also <laughs> know, McNabb, didn't give, McNabb didn't give great press conferences, though. So, you know what I'm saying? There's that. No, no yeah. It's different. Like you it's said, different. your man does everything. Your man does everything great except play football. So the fans <laughs> is going <laughs> He do everything. Right, he, man. He, 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 yo, he champagnes and campaigns. He kisses babies. He defends quick, the fans. BB, yeah, he's one that got to get out of here. But shoot, since you got to get out of here, we getting out of here too. So let's let's yeah, pick this four games. Right, it's four games this weekend, <laughs> and then we'll do our NFL awards. BB, you can roll. We take two quick calls, and then and and you know. So so I'm telling everybody the show ain't gonna be no more than 15 more minutes. So get your, get your calls ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, the divisional round is this weekend, man. First game on Saturday, the Bengals at the Titans. Titans, you know, were the number one seed, so they got to sit out um, and wait for this matchup. Y'all got the Bengals going in to uh, Tennessee and getting this one? Or no? So first no. Off, first no. off, I was, so, I was so wrong about some of my picks last week. I feel embarrassed making a pick this week. I felt like uh, what was old boy? What was old boy? They used to get a plays on here. Patriots got stomped. Like 
They got stomped, and we all picked Belichick. We all on Belichick nuts. I know, we all losers, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, we Shady McCoy with it. Yo, Josh, hold my beer. He had to add us to the Tobias. He eat an EAD. (laughs) He ain't taking nothing with Tom Brady. Yo, Tom Brady better than all of us. Yeah. Better human. Damn dog, I was just getting ready. I was just getting ready to say that. But yo, real quick, um, <laughs> I don't. The crazy part about this game is I don't trust either one of these teams. Like yeah, no, Tennessee got the, the seed and all that, but I just don't trust them. I feel like they're about to let everybody down. Um, and if you go back to the beginning of the season, I actually picked them to go to the bowl in our uh, preseason, like you know, pick. But I don't trust them, yo. And then and when I you made that pick, and I, when they, when you made that pick, they still had you know monster mash in the backfield. Yeah, it, that was that was primarily why I made the pick. But yo, um, and then the second thing is the Bengals. Like, I, I, you know, they're they're hot. They're coming into the game. But yo, they're the Bengals though. It's hard for me to pick the Bengals in anything. Like, they're the Bengals. Yo, that was their first so, playoff win in like thirty-one years. Dog, like, so how can you trust them? That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Yo, how Marvin Lewis them? keep a job for eighteen years? Because he knew how to go ten and six. I mean, you ain't expected to win, and y'all never win anyway. Right, that's what I'm saying. And I, ten and six and to I them is damn near a Super think, Bowl. You ain't won a, I think oh, part a game of in they, 31 years. They was trying to practice what the Steelers do. The Steelers, like, try to have patience with their coaches, and, you know, eventually it works out, you know what I mean? But it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, with all that being said, though, I'm, I'm just going, like, yo, when in doubt, just pick the home team. So I'm just going to roll with the Titans just because I don't trust either one of them. Yo, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and, and ride with the bungles on this, man. Let's see how far Burrow and Chase I'm going with Mixon and all these dudes can, yo, can take. Y'all know, y'all know, y'all know that ball back, right? Oh, he back this week. He come yeah, back this week. Ball, they said he was in. They said he was in practice, looking changes different. things. It changes things. He was I'm in still practice. The bungles, I'm gonna I'm 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 keep my pick then. <laughs> yeah, you know, models, like, because you know when yo, shout, humanity shout, showed shout, up shout on to, Earth. Shout out to KC Mack. Shout out to KC Mack who tried to disrespect the God this week, and we had to like tell him like, "Yo, you drones." <laughs> yeah, I'm going with I'm going I'm going with the original man. All right, um, second game on Saturday, 49ers, um, and you know Shanahan out coaching himself. Can he beat? The Packers while coaching against themselves no. at the same time? No, not at all. Packers. <laughs> in no. Lambeau, y'all know y'all know the legends. You can go to Lambeau. He gonna pull playoffs. He gonna pull he gonna pull the guard, send the tackle in motion, and put the <laughs> tight end in the backfield and roll the quarterback out. Nah, I'm going I'm going with I'm going with, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, man. Yo, Aaron Rodgers, yo. Yeah, same here. I'm going with the Packers. Uh, on Sunday, we got the Rams at the Buccaneers. This could pretty much be Yo, well, Tom these Brady, two Sunday Tom games. Brady could be better the than all of us. Tom Brady better than all of us. I got, I got the Rams going in there and getting one, man. I got Ooh. the Rams going in there and getting one. I, dream team, man. Dream team. It's now or never. It's now or never for the Yo. Rams. So Yo, they need to think of it I've that been listening. So they playing with that now and never in the woods. And they should be mm-hmm. able to go in there and, and do that. Tom Brady better than I've all. I've been listening to what Skip been saying about <laughs> Odell, yo, and my man Matt Stafford. I need I need the Rams to take that. So I'm going with the Yo, Rams. I'm I'm going to take a page out of our brother Tobias' book. Tobias got this theory that, like, football don't matter. It just somehow everything is going to work out for Brady because that's just what happens. So, right. Yeah. Tom Brady better yeah. than all of us. So I'm gonna use that. Yeah. I'm gonna use that. Tom Brady better than all of us. 
Yo, it has nothing to do with football. Yo, how did like, Shady say that dick eating shit? Jesus and Cleats. Yo, Jesus and Cleats. <laughs> yo, but my thing is, I don't think it has nothing to do with football. The boy is the devil, yo. He must, like, suffer other parts of his life because everything in, fo- everything in football just works out his way. So I'm I'm going with that logic. I'm just he said it's the devil. I don't know. Yeah. I think everything in life goes this way, man. Tom Brady can yo, he got, knock up yo, a chick, he got the, leave her for a model, yo, he got, and, and don't get no yo, heat like anybody else yo, in the media. No heat. Got, he got, got no he heat. Got I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that happened. Oh, that happened a long time. Yo, yo, yo. He, he, he was he with the chick Moynihan, the actress, man. knocked her up, yeah. left her and the kid, and, and got herself a model. Like, we would have – yo, they even knocked – like, Kevin Hart got knocked for getting a divorce with his wife and, you know, quote-unquote upgrading. Tom Brady did the upgrade of a century, left his kid. Yo, hold up, yeah. hold up. And and Tom Brady's worth a hundred million, but his wife is worth more than him. Like he, yo, everything mm-hmm. in life works his way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm He, his deal, his deal is something in the afterlife. Like he probably going to hell. Yo, no, <laughs> it's, it's something he struggles with. His, his he, he must struggle life. with something. He, he struggles with something immensely in life we don't know about. Cause we're gonna find out. Yo, everything. Documentary. Like, he's seen, he's seen, yo, boy got the perfect life. Like he probably a drunkard <laughs> or something. But anyway, with that being said. <laughs> I ain't going against Brady. I want him to lose. I'm rooting for the Rams because I just, I, I, listen, I'm rooting for Sue because Sue is my guy. But, yo, but Brady's Brady, yo. Yeah. He's better all than right. all of them. Last one, Bills at Chiefs. Brady's better than all of them. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs on this. This is another one. I think the Bills, not on the level of the Bungles, but, you know, the Bills, it's been a long time. They lost four. You know, before last year, before they made any moves. Um, in the playoffs, I think they're still getting to that point where well. they have to learn how to win. And and I would love to see the Bills. You know, I like Josh Allen. I like McDermott. I like Diggs. You know, I, I would like to see them do something. But I got the Chiefs on this. Yo, it's hard for me to pick against the Bills after watching them play last week. Like they just—I <laughs> mean, that probably was their most complete game probably like since Jim Kelly was around. Um, this is when you got to play him. OJ, I think OJ. OJ said the same thing. Shout out to OJ with his analysis. But um, yo, OJ analysis is spot on this week. He he, he killed that. Yo, ah, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo! OJ, that's Marco. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, with that being said, yo, I'm just going to take the Bills just because, like, yo, just because that's what I want to happen. No, no, yo, Savad, I don't want no smoke. God bless y'all. But, um, you know. Yo, Bill, yo I'm, I'm going. Nasty. I, I love, yo, I love Josh Allen as a QB. I think he's something special. All that said, I'm rolling with Kermit. Defrog. Yeah, no, I think I think the Bills gonna win. It's gonna be Andy Reid for. He's gonna mismanage the time somehow. He's gonna go back to old age. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta think. It's not time for Andy to choke yet. Andy will choke. Yeah. But it has to be either choke, in, the, in the championship game or the Super Bowl. He ain't gonna choke yet. No, that's a great point. Yeah. No, that's a great point. That's a great. <laughs> he point. chokes later in the playoff. All right, so B. And then he's right, gonna say it's my fault. Roll out. Uh, give to, us your NFL I need to put award my players in a better position. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and our awards are Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player 
of the year, offensive player of the year, and MVP. Who you got? Uh, coach of the year is Mike Vrabel. Shout out to the Bull Zach. Bull Zach. Uh, Hey, Come you know what? Of the year. Just to make this go quicker, if I agree with something, if I got the same one, I'm gonna just go ahead and say that then, because I got Mike Vrabel as well. Uh-huh. So, shout out to Mike. No Vrabel. doubt. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Comeback oh, player of the year, Joe Burrow. Uh, defensive rookie of the I'm year, sure same as all y'all. Uh, Yo, but I got Michael I got Joe Parsons. Burrow by the way. Mike, um, Mike, uh, Michael Parsons. For me, it's between Joe year. Burrow. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, 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 let's do it this way. Let's do it this way, Dan. This name, yeah. out, this name out of uh, uh, a thing, and all of us just give it who we got real fast. Okay. Okay. So you got Joe yeah, Burrow yeah, as well. I, I, so let's let's start, start, start from the top. Yeah, start, start, from, start, yo, start, start from the top. Running from the top. All right, coach of the year. You're running from the top. Name, all right, coach of the year. We both have Mike Vrabel. Who you got, Jim? Yo, I don't have Mike Vrabel. I got oh, I got the boy, Zach Taylor. Zach, yeah. Shout out to him. I mean, they the Bengals, yo. Yeah, yeah, that's all you gotta say. Yeah, Bengals. Comeback player of the year, Joseph Burrow. I got two names. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Dakota Prescott. Not me me doing that. Big don't think I'm a fan. I'm not a fan. But I'm gonna give it to both. The funny thing is, I had both of them on there, but backwards last year, man. If, if we if we would if we would have did this last week, I might have went to Dakota. But like after this week, I gotta pick the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know play, I know playoffs ain't supposed to count. No, nah, foot was backwards last year. Yeah, game ball game was backwards in this game. Um, right, ain't got nothing got? to do with nothing. <laughs> but. Yeah, Michael Parsons, everybody. Michael Parsons, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yo, Great shout TV. out to Patrick Sertan. Cause we love your daddy, Pauls, but uh, yeah, ball. But yeah, that boy Michael Parsons different. I don't even yeah. think he know how to play football. They just put him out there yeah, and say, "Go get it," and he, and he goes check and gets it. Always been Offensive rookie of the year. I got two names. I got Jamar Chase and Mac Jones. I'm gonna go that's, Jamar Chase. With that's the only. That's the only I'm, one. Jamar yeah, Chase, I, I the only Jamar name Chase. you should have. He won me. A, he won me a fantasy chip. So he would be a forever. Jamar Chase. Forever. Jamar Number Chase Park. Jamar Chase had one field, season worth of yards in a game. <laughs> um, defensive player of the year. Yo, I got two names. Aaron Donald. Shout out to TJ I, I want to give it to Aaron Donald every. I want to give it to Aaron Donald every year because, like, like I always tell y'all, he don't play football. He plays violence. But he plays violence. TJ Watt had a historic year. TJ Watt had an amazing. I'm gonna give it to the Black Guy. 22.5. Pause that for anybody who don't know I'm talking about his sacks. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with DJ Watt. Pause that well. too. That's crazy. If he really wins it, like, how many how many families got two people in their family who's won defensive player of the year if he wins it? That's yeah. Nuts. Hey, family, man. <laughs> that is nuts, but you said like, 22 sacks. Um, mom, mom got a steal VJJ. Um, offensive hey, player of the year. <laughs> Offensive player of the year. I got I got four names. Cooper here. holds the cup. Two I got four names, but two of them get scratched out because we know this is not the quarterback award. We know the MVP is the quarterback award. So I had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on here. For me it's between Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Um Jonathan Taylor Cooper. had a hell of a year. Cooper Cup 
had a ridiculous year as a receiver because the ball, he had like 1,800 yards rushing, and he still had 40 receptions. So it was really difficult for me not to give it to him. But, dude, Cooper Cup had 145 receptions. Come on, man. I'm, I'm going to go with a little hatcher, man. Cooper Cup. My man had two, my man had two good seasons. Yo, he had 145 receptions. Two. How many Jalen Rager seasons he had? <laughs> yo, that's yo, he had Jamar, a, yo, yo, he had his Jamar, whole career. Yo, Jamar Chase, had a, Jamar Chase has Jalen Rager's career in one game. <laughs> yo, but this, yo, 145 receptions. Hold up, though, real quick, and this is all jokes aside. He he almost had he almost yeah like had four Ragers, man. No, hold on, though. He almost had he almost had Ragers yardage as catch catches. Yo, dude had 299 <laughs> yards. He had 100. He had more than yo. Jimmy's right. He had damn near half of his yardage in reception. In catches, in actual yo, catches. Like, yo, Jalen Rager is as Jalen Rager, boom, man. All right, yo, so, he's so, he packs the ass. Uh, oh, MVP. Man. It's only two. In my Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady better than all of us. But Aaron uh, Brady is better Tom, than all of us. I even thought, though Tom Brady's better than all of us, I'm giving it to State Farm. I thought I was giving it to State Farm. And then I had to look at some things. <laughs> I had to look at some things because the records are almost equal. You know, Aaron Rodgers and his team got the number one seed. But Tom Brady had he had over 5,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns. Like, Rodgers had 30-something touchdowns. He only had, like, seven interceptions. I'm going to go with Tom Brady, man, because he's just better than everybody on the earth. Better than all of them. Aaron Rodgers threw four interceptions. What do you throw, four interceptions this year? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the crazy part. Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, he, he don't, don't, he don't but get But what's crazy about it, hold on, hold on, though. That's what, I'm gonna give it to him just for not throwing picks. My dude threw four interceptions, and that that is after throwing two in the first game. So that means that Yo, this is Aaron Rodgers right here. Sixty-eight point nine percent passing, um, four thousand one hundred fifteen yards, thirty-seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, his passer rating was 111.9. His QBR was 68.9. Tom Brady, he completed uh, 67.5% of his passes, 5,316 yards passing. So he had over 1,000 yards more than Bull. 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, a passer rating of 102.1, and a QB, QBR of 68.4. So, you know, by all accounts, like for me, it, it's pretty much a toss-up. Four interceptions is just crazy, especially like Jimmy said. This is insane, yo. Two in the first, he, he threw two in the first game, and people were talking about Aaron Rodgers is falling off. He pretty much. And he threw two the next 16 games, yo. Tom Brady is better than all of us, but I'm going with Aaron Rodgers to the MVP. <laughs> all right. I'm going to I'm gonna give it to Tom hey, Terrific. Shady, I thought you thought more of yourself than that. <laughs> said Tom Brady better than all of us. All right, B, you you got a roll? Yeah, I'm I'm out of here. Shout out to Antonio Brown. He's explained Brandon himself. Bino, kill him. And it don't top, it don't matter. Top three, no legend. Doubt. Top three. Top three. Hashtag legend. Top all three. Right. We right we right behind you though. <laughs> all right, peace. Pause. Hey, so Jim, tell him uh yeah uh tell him um 
Well, let me. We're gonna take two quick calls, and we only got. We really only got one thing on the on on, on the Grizz night, and then we're gonna get up out of this piece. So, let's go to the phone lines real quick. Uh, Tobias about the the curses out because he's been hanging on for a long time. What up, roll damn yeah. tide? I know one thing. Y'all colors ain't cut the show short when Alabama lost last week, I tell you that. But uh <laughs> 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 But uh man, y'all talking about Jalen Hurts. See the problem at Alabama, mind you, he got fixed with Tua and Alabama was only down thirteen to nothing. And Nick Saban said, We gotta throw the ball to win this game. And remember, the year we lost to Clemson the first time out, Jalen Hurts by thirteen of thirty three. <laughs> you know, how you 13 yeah. for 33 passes? But uh, the problem is that. Real defense that day. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because Troy Aikman was salty watching Jalen Hurts play. He couldn't take it no more. He was just hot. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he's covered in other games. I wish I was calling that other game. Damn. Troy. But y'all got to know, y'all. But y'all fix us, right? One thing I got to say. They you know, it's like they keep talking about Steph. I know Steph's a great player, but he's been struggling a lot lately. Joel Embiid, not only is he producing, Ben Simmons best, no one's even talking about it because he's keeping them out of the play-in game. And that just shows how great he is. And when he's healthy, he's the best big man in basketball. Everybody else is fighting for second. Joel's trying to be the best player in basketball the way he's playing lately. <laughs> I wonder I wonder what yeah, Ben that. thinks watching them play. Like does Ben sit there like, damn, this boy night, I should have played like what does he think no. watching Joel play? Like thinking he needs to go to the C V S and get some tampons. Shot 
What does Taylor Horst Tucker do well besides Tyler Clutch? Uh, <laughs> they they also with Trevor Reza, done. DeAndre Jordan, done. Frank Vogel didn't pick these guys. What the hell David Fisdale's going to do? You saw what he did with the Knicks. <laughs> you know. Hey, man, he, listen. He, can we can we start a rumor that they're about to trade Clay for um West, Westbrook? <laughs> hey, it'll get some traction. I'm gonna put it on our. I'm gonna tweet it. But, sources close. Yo, like yo, sources, sources close say to the Lakers inquired about Clay for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say this one last thing. Y'all talk about the MVP of the NFL. Uh, now you all watch every Bucks game, every snap. They met Goose and Tom Brady's numbers like like the Oklahoma City Thunder was Goose and Russell Westbrook's numbers to get that triple-double. Uh, they've been throwing a lot. Even the different times the Bucks been up 20. Tom Brady's still throwing the right ball. Uh, right, so trying to get everybody bonuses. So all they remember, we were talking about that. We were talking about it last week of why they were smashing the Eagles like that, and he was even still in the game. I'm like, y'all playing yeah. with fire out here. It was like that Saints game. That, that Saints game they got shut out. I think Brady passed like ten times in a row. Start the game like, bro, run the ball. But uh, and I'll say this about the Bucks Rams. Keep this in mind. People talk about pressure on Brady. It ain't about pressure on Brady. It's about disrupting his receivers so he can't. Get, he has to hold the ball because he wants to get the ball out quick. You disrupt those receivers. That's when you get him. And and Tristan Wurst being out. If he's out or hobbled, uh, then you got Ryan Jensen the center turf, so you got to move people around. Now, now the Bucks had some success with Aaron Donald over the years, but you still got Von Miller who can still get on the edge and let him flow it. And they might put Jalen Ramsey on Grunk like Eric did the Chiefs with Eric Berry did um, Grunk. So I think, of course, I'm picking the Bucks, but I think it's going to be a tough game. And, uh, and you know, and by the way, are we sure? If, if all the folks that say get an offensive-minded coach, ah, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, how that look Monday night on national TV? Just get you a coach that can coach the whole damn team. You guys have a good one, man. All right, man. Roll time, yeah. fellas. Kings, Yo, Kingsbury folks, went back to like his this. mansion, though, for folks, everybody at EAD. Yo, folks are disrespecting Niners and Packers, though. I heard several people say the Rams and Bucks is the NFC championship. Damn. <laughs> that is a little disrespectful. All right, last call. Got Rob out in Cali. Rob, what up, man? We got to make this quick. We got to What's good, y'all? Make it, uh, make this quick. But you have hey, plantation, baby. Don't start complaining. I'm going to bang on you. Make it quick, man. Come on. You're going to start uh, complaining about who, who, who else is talking. What's up, Jimmy? What's, What's up, y'all? Up, but, but, but here's, a, but, but here's Rob, the thing, man. Yo. You hear about that trade? Westbrook for uh, Clay? You hear about that rumor about Westbrook and Clay? <laughs> so, man. Sound like whoever said that, man. Whoever did that, dude, did that rumor have some good coke, man. But anyways, man, that's all I gotta uh, say. Um, how y'all doing? Sources source close to the situation say that. All right, go ahead. What, what you got, real quick, man? Dude, I, I'm about to say say crazy shit on here, but um, I'm sorry, cursing. I apologize. But yeah, man. Um, the thing about Hurts, man. All I gotta say is, I told, I told Eagle fans, so now Eagle fans. Actually, Scott Drip put the Kool-Aid down, and now they open their eyes. But I think the big question is, is the – I know you still got some stupid fans out there. They're complaining to Josh Brown. No, 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 excuse me, Josh Allen. 
And I have to tell them, dude, Josh, I don't compare a guy like Lamar Jackson, this and that. Lamar Jackson is not like, first of all, okay, and, and everybody knows. I know you, people hear, you know, the whole success for Jimmy probably, probably Jimmy too, but don't hate McNabb. Me, I'm a McNabb defender, but I'm also – uh, a Michael Vick hater, you know what I'm saying? You know, Jalen Hurts How are you is not, like, is not as bad as Michael Vick. You know, Michael Vick did, didn't have the mental capacity to to play quarterback position, but he has supreme athletic ability. Jalen Hurts doesn't have super supreme athletic ability. He's just athletic. He doesn't have any quarterback intangibles, uh, and, 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 and any perfect quarterback intangibles that, that, I, that I'm confident in. And not only that, you have to ask yourself, and the Eagles or organizations that has to ask themselves, is, is Jalen Hurts, him being a quarterback, going to stunt the growth coaching of Nick Sirianni? You know what I'm saying? Because Nick Sirianni does. He's going to definitely look like young McNabb with a weaker arm. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. McNabb McNabb actually won a playoff game his second year. Come on now. Come on now. First of all, all, nobody wins a playoff game by themselves. Oh, here we go. Now we're going to change narrative. Okay. Rob, I want to ask you a serious question. Are are you saying that if you had your choice between the two at their their absolute prime, the, the the best they've ever played, you would take McNabb over Mike Vick? Of course. Of course. Mike wow. Vick didn't have the mental capacity to okay, what did Mike Vick do to us in the NFC championship game? And his prime. Yeah, but listen, the best he never played. Oh, are you serious? I said I said I said, said, said at their best, who would you take? You said McNabb. Yeah, I said what I said. I know, but then you started talking about the championship game in Atlanta. That's well, well, that, Atlanta was the best he'd ever played. The best he'd ever played was under Andy Reid. Andy Reid made both of them do. Was under Andy Reid, but he went. But then he went a playoff game for us. Did he want a playoff game for us? I think. I think Andy Reid. I think if it's the other way around, if you if if the Eagles drafted Mike Vick and he had Andy Reid for his whole career, I think he would go down being revered way more than Donovan McNabb. He, I, he was. He I, had. It was more to work with for a quarterback whisperer with Mike Vick. But he just never had that until he got to Philly, so it was it was short lived. But go ahead, go ahead. That that that's that's arguable. I'll give you that. That's arguable. That that that's very arguable. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That's a, that's a good conversation. That that is good. But but what Jalen Hurts, I just do, do you think do, do, do you think that it will it will stunt his growth as a coach to um to have to not have his guy there and be stuck with Jalen Hurts. Because, because because remember, because one thing I do like about this team, because one thing I was kind of iffy on him was, is he going to, like, when the tough gets going, will, will his players play for him when, tough, when, um, when, a, when, when we're down? That that's my thing, and now he shows some resilience um, there. I was about to he say, shows after, some resilience. It's only been one year, but at least for this one year, I think so far they've proven that they will because he was taking all kinds of heat earlier in the season. Even some of the players were a little vocal about their role and what they were making them do. And then you know something happened, and somebody flipped the switch, and they started playing hard for this dude. Um, I think you you asked a good question about. 
his own guy. I don't think it's just a Sirianni thing. I think any new coach you come into a situation, you want your guy. You don't want somebody that they forced on you, and you damn sure don't want somebody that they force on you that's just not that good of a quarterback. Like, at least you're going to force somebody. I mean, let me come to the situation, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is here, and you don't want me to draft anybody. You want me to use Aaron Rodgers, but you want me to use somebody that the organization itself didn't draft to be the franchise quarterback. He just happenstance him way into the situation, and, you know, now we, I have to use him. Now, whether it's tongue-in-cheek, they're talking about he's going to be the starter for next year. The coach is going to say the right things, and he has said the right things because you got to keep this dude's confidence up in case you don't get any of these trades that you're looking for in the off season. So we'll see. I mean, I think Jalen Hurts can improve. I don't think he's going to become, you know, that pure passer that people want him to be. And he's never going to live up to B. Austin standards. But <laughs> there's, there's something there. Like, if we were able to get a franchise quarterback, like, I don't mind dude being on the team. I don't mind him being the backup. But and, – and I don't even mind, like, if he comes back next year and he's the starter, then so be it. I don't want them to invest into this dude. You know, we get to a situation kind of like Cleveland might be in. Baker hasn't really shown you enough, but contract's up and it's time to pay these dudes market value just to keep them. I don't want to get in that type of situation if he hasn't really improved. But, Rob, thanks for your call, man. Yeah. We got a yeah, roll. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, holler yeah. at you next week, man. Go all, Birds. All, all right. That, all right, all right. Y'all, 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 y'all have a nice day. And I, and I do want to say one thing about Devontae Smith. I do apologize for what I said about the, you know, because I was really skeptical because we traded. No, 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 Steve. We should have got Je- uh, Jefferson. Be nice. Je- Je- Jefferson, and I remember I argued with you this on on here, and I said it on here. If you can look in the archive, I said we should have got Jefferson. You know, yeah, you said you it know. after the fact. We did argue about that. Everybody said it yeah, after the fact. We did argue about that. And, right, and, and the DK Metcalf. Okay, okay, that. but yeah, y'all take care. Peace, man. Peace. Uh, just, you know, a couple things that happened while we were on the Grizz Night. Yeah, we ain't yeah. really got to talk about them. Just a bar. Yeah, pretty much. Why you on the Grizz Night? Brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and go, yeah. Real quick, um, first thing is, first I'm about to reverse this. Uh, Mike Tyson um, has denied that Jake Paul and him is, is going to rumble. So yeah, that means it's probably not I was about to say, Mike Lyon, they dangled that check in front of him. What are you going to say at this point? Yeah, so um, we ain't really got nothing on that. The last thing I'm going to bring up is this, though, because this, like, blew my mind when I saw it. Like, um, the the the, the, the picture content old. that's, like, legendary, like, theatrical masterpiece called Juice premiered 30 years ago this week. Yo, we are old as dirt. January 17th, 1992. <laughs> and I remember it. Cause I left school to go see it. I cut I school to go it, see it. I a couple years later, I cut school nice. again. A bunch of us went downtown to see uh, above the rim. Above the rim going to be thirty years and in, in less than two years, yeah. Yo, I remember Juice because somebody got clapped in the theater of Sheltonham Mall mm-hmm. on a let out, like when it was over, like boy got shot. Bishop you know Bishop was in the theater. <laughs> go on. Yeah, they was, they was wild. But anyway, yeah, man, yeah. so that's crazy. Shout man. out to Juice. That's man. what happened. This past week, mm-hmm. while you were on the Grizz Night E, we got enough to go uh, around. What happened to 
This date in sports history brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know what it is, man. Go to sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Pick up your copy. Written yeah. by Warroom's own Jimmy the Blueprint. Yo, January 20, 20th, 1980. This is the day that President Jimmy Carter, this might have been the only thing he's ever done. President Jimmy Carter yeah. announces the U.S. boycott of the Olympics in Moscow. Go ahead. Quick, quick, quick. Name me something. Name something else Jimmy Carter did. Can't. All right. We got to go. Yo, yeah. Yo, Jimmy Carter didn't, really didn't go get some refugees. Like the most, I don't know, man. There's a Jimmy documentary. Carter. There's a documentary. There's a documentary on Netflix, I believe, and they go through each president. And the point they made about Jimmy Carter when they got to him is it was like Jimmy Carter actually doesn't get a bad rap because he did a great job. It was like, yo, the economy was good. About. There was no, there was no wars. Like nothing. Like he, he did what he right. He has nothing that stands out. Like no, no scandal. And and nothing like super good. He was just steady, steady. There she blows. And what, what was the bull before hey, him? He he ain't got no he ain't got no bars on him either. The, um, the boy that looked like Sergeant Taggart from um <laughs> from um Beverly Hills Cop. Remember they went into the bar and told everybody he was the president. <laughs> Yo, was that a was it Ford? Ford, Ford. Yeah, yeah. What did what he do? Yeah, man. Gerald ain't do nothing either. Whoa. What'd he do? I mean, that's, I mean, when you look at who's surrounding him, like Nixon drew and Reagan created crack, so it's hard to do anything when he, like, wrapped around them two boys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of difficult to, like, stand out when you're around a dude that invented crack cocaine and the other boy was, you know what I mean, drawing, creating, you know, committing crimes and and real quick, before you uh, get us out of here, uh, Skyview gave us some breaking news. He said an independent arbitrator has ruled that UConn improperly fired former coach Kevin Ollie and must pay him more than $11 million. Um, remember, he was fired in 2018 after they reported numerous NCAA violations. I wish B. Austin was here for that part of the show. He would have told us how Kevin Ollie should have never made $11 million in his entire life, let alone in one time. So. Shout out to Kevin mm-hmm. Alley. So, you know, I'm still to get the bag back. And he ain't got right. work for it now. So he, he made out better. Yeah. Right. Anyway, man. Get to sit at home and just critique people. Let's get up out of here. Pretty much, man. Yo, shout out to everybody uh, who supports anything that we got going on. Um, we definitely appreciate you. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. And please enjoy football. We're getting down to, uh, you know, be the Super Bowl before you know it. But stay yep. safe in these streets, man. Leave Omarion alone. You know what I'm saying? You know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you cannot outdance that ball. Our webcast, our webcast, <laughs> Gorecast, podcast, social media, everything can be found at the hub, which is warroomsports.com. My book, Sports, the book can be found at warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't take mediocrity. Be steadfast in the world against ignorance. See you jumps on top.
physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Looking alive, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, tip stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Corporate secrets, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a G-Flow KC, Royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us War Room Sports War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.